So we are eight days into school, eight days, nine days, what are we at? You counting? You probably don't count up in school. Eight days. Okay, so we're eight days into school. How's it going? It's awesome, right? You're super excited. Not really. Can I tell you a secret? Um, I am actually really, really excited. It's the school year. I am ready. I was, I was, I went on a vacation at the end of summer out to California to visit my friend Kristen. Just kind of as a wrap-up of a really busy summer, right, we had Guatemala. Where's my Guatemala team? Yeah, we had Guatemala. We had Immersion. Where's Immersion? We had the Academy. Who was at the Academy? Yeah. How about the beach party? We had the lake party. Right, so we had this really awesome, busy summer. I wasn't in the office, like, at all. It was fantastic. And so I went on this vacation just kind of at the end of summer. And as I was flying home on my flight from Minneapolis-St. Paul to GR, you know how, like, when you're descending, you, you can start to see things a little bit clearer and you get closer and closer, and all of a sudden, like, trees appear and the houses appear. And then all of a sudden the cars are there and they're, like, moving, and it's like this giant game, right? You know what I'm talking about? Have you flown? Okay, so we're, we're descending into GRR, and I look down, and I see a yellow school bus on the road. So last Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, last Tuesday, a yellow school bus, and I go, yes, the school year is in session. Mind you, I didn't actually say that out loud, because that would have severely frightened the lady sitting next to me. But internally, like in, in that inner part of you, I was just like, yes, school has begun. Fall is here because I'm just so excited for the school year. I'm excited because it means uh, consistency in the office again, consistency with working. Um, we have some awesome events like the fall retreat coming up this school year. We have school spirit night next week. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. I'm starting this, like, I'm starting this school of biblical studies at home. Like, just everything about the fall I'm just excited for. I was texting Kelsey from Immersion, Immersion the other night, and she goes, Kendra, are your students excited for school? And I texted her back, probably not, but I'm stoked. I'm just so excited. And I, and I know that you guys probably aren't, like, super excited because it means that you don't really have the luxury of staying up to 3 in the morning. I don't even know why you do that anyways, but three in the morning because you actually have to get up. So there's repercussions to staying up to the middle of the night. And then you have, you have homework again, right? You have just the structure of high school life, right? Probably not too exciting, huh? Aaron looks like absolutely not. This is not fun. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that tonight um, I can, we, can, we can talk and get a little bit more excited for the school year. Because I really believe that your high school years are a season of great opportunity in your life, unlike any other, and that they can be some of the best four years of your life, okay? So tonight, if there's one thing that I want you to walk away from tonight, just echoing in your mind, it's this. I gotta breathe. It's this, that you are a missionary, and that you can change your world. It's that you are a missionary, and you can change your world. All right, Sarah? Now, here's the thing. When I think of the word missionary, here's what comes to my mind. I have this image of this person who packs up their comfortable life in America, gets on an airplane, and flies to a random country over in Africa and lives with orphans for the rest of their life. That's what comes to my mind when I think of missionary. But that's, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. See, the word missionary, if you really just break it down, what the word missionary means is just a person, 
on mission. Right? Really simple. A person on mission. And God has called us as followers of Jesus to live on mission, to be missionaries. So you, Demery, are a missionary, and you are called to change your world. There's a pastor, um, a pastor friend of mine out in Colorado, and when he spoke to students one day, he said this, and I liked it. He said, uh, isn't it incredible that here in America, the government pays for you to go into your public school and be a missionary? <laughs> There's a different way to think. Isn't it incredible that the government will pay for you to go into your school and be a missionary for Jesus? Because isn't that what they're doing? You're not paying for school. Isn't that a different way to think? Isn't that a different mindset? But isn't that how we should be thinking? Right? Because you are a missionary, and you are called to change the world. So let's look at the, let's look at the story of Jesus a minute, okay? Let's, let's, go, let's go to the Word of God and talk about this for a second. You look at the Bible as a whole, and this is just a big story of, of mankind, right? God's story of mankind. And so you begin in Genesis, and you have Adam and Eve, and they sin and they mess up, and they have this thing that separates them from God because God is holy and sin is not. And so we have this separation. So God has this plan to send Jesus to die for us and to make a way so that we can have a relationship with God again, right? And then you have, so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John telling the story of Jesus. But did you know that we're not even to the end of this book? That humankind is still like somewhere in the middle because the end of the book is Jesus coming back, judgment, thousand years, and we get to go be with Jesus, right? So we're still somewhere in this story living on mission because you're a missionary and you're called to change the world, right? So Jesus comes to earth and uh, as a baby, right, born in a manger, he grows up. And the Bible tells us that Jesus began his ministry when he was 30 years old. All right, and from 30 to 33 is when Jesus, these stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John take place. All right, uh, Matthew 4, verse 23 kind of sums up what he went out to do. It says, Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Or Acts 10, 38, it sums it up really well. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power... And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. This is what Jesus did when he was here, right? Now, when Jesus was here, he also, he also gathered 12 guys to him. Matthew 10 tells how he, he calls 12 young teenage guys to himself. And he says, hey, guys, come follow me. Come walk with me. Come be my disciples, and I'll be your rabbi. And so these 12 disciples... They spend these years walking with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, becoming familiar with Jesus, doing what Jesus did, and grabbing hold of his mission on the earth so that they could be like him and go do what he did. All right? And so Jesus, Jesus has these guys, and then Jesus gets to the point of the cross, right? He dies on the cross. He's buried. He comes back to life. And then this is what he does. He looks at his 12, now 11 disciples because Judas, like, like, Bad, bad story, bad, bad end of a story. Like he, he hung himself, right, Pastor Daniel? He hung himself, right? So now we have 11, 11 disciples. And Jesus, he looks at these 11 disciples and he commissions them. And he's basically taking this baton of Jesus. Jesus is taking the baton of his ministry and he's passing it to these 11 guys who walked with him. All right, and so you come, you come to Matthew 28 and this is right before Jesus went back up into heaven, ascended into heaven. He looks at his 11 guys, and this is what he says, Matthew 28. 
He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples. He says, hey, guys, take this mission and carry it with you. Mark 16 tells the same story. Here's what Mark 16 says. He looks at his disciples and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Say, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Pretty sweet. They will speak in new tongues. Awesome. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Weird. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Superpowers, right? They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Sounds just like Jesus, right? Just what Jesus did. And so Jesus looks at these disciples and he commissions them. Matthew 28 is called the Great Commission is what we call it. He commissions them. He says, guys, here's the baton. Go carry on my ministry. Go tell people that I've made a way for them to come back to God. But he also says one other thing. Right, right before he goes into heaven, Acts 1-4, it says... Um, while he was staying with them, he ordered them. This is that's, he ordered his disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Say wait, to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You've heard from me." For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this is what Jesus says. Holly, he looks at him and he says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." And then he says, "But wait, before you go, before you go, make sure you wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you." Why? Well, let's look at Acts 1.8, a few verses later. Acts 1.8 says, But you, disciples, will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, say witnesses, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, before Jesus had his disciples go out and preach this gospel and go out as missionaries to their world, carrying the mission of Jesus, he says, before you go, wait until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who's been here on our weekend services? Sunday mornings, who's been here? Okay, so Pastor Daniel, he's been doing this phenomenal job teaching on the Holy Spirit. Have you guys been enjoying that? He's been doing a great job teaching on the Holy Spirit and on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how this applies to our life, how to grab hold of this and walk in this. And this is what this verse is talking about, right? If you're not familiar with the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit, here's what I want you to do. Ready? Res Life High School is the name of our podcast. So tonight when you go home, go to iTunes, go on to Beyond Pod, whatever your podcast app is, and I want you to download Holy Spirit Part 1 and Holy Spirit Part 2 and listen to him. Okay, that's Pastor Daniel's teaching on it. It's fantastic, and you need to know about this, right? Because Jesus, he looks at his disciples and he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. What does a witness do? A witness tells of what they have seen and of what they have heard. So he looks at his disciples and says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to go tell people what you have seen and heard of me. And you're going to go to Jerusalem, you're going to go to all Judea and Samaria, and then you're going to go to the ends of the earth. Why is that part in the, why, why is that so significant? Well, Jerusalem to the disciples was like where they're from. It's like, it's like our Granville. And Judea and Samaria were the, the areas surrounding Jerusalem. So it's like Michigan or America. And then to the ends of the earth, right? 
And so see this verse, you know how it applies to the disciples is that it, it also applies to our life because Jesus says um, that you, raise your hand if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay, so you have received power when the Holy Spirit came upon you, and now you have received the power to go and tell people what you have seen and heard of Jesus in Granville, in Michigan, and to the ends of the world. Make sense? So Jesus, he looks at his disciples, he says, go preach the gospel, but first wait. And so they wait. Acts 2 tells the story of them being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there's 120 of them up in this upper room. And all of a sudden it says the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and filled the house where they were staying. This is, this is one of my favorite stories right now. The Holy Spirit, he came like a hurricane. With the sound of a hurricane, just and he fills this house, and all of a sudden there's tongues of fire above these guys, and they're speaking in different languages. And then Peter stands up amongst the people of the city. He tells them about Jesus, and 2,000 people got saved. That is power. That is power, and that's the same power in you. See it? And so you look, you continue into the book of Acts. I'm studying the book of Acts right now. You, you, you go through this book of Acts, and it's stories about how these disciples were missionaries sent into their world to change the world. Acts 17 tells the story of Paul and Silas going to this city called uh, Thessalonica. And uh, verse 6, it's these Jews, and the Jews hear that these guys are coming, and they get so angry. And this is what they said. This is what they said as they were angry. They said, when they could not find them, they dragged Jason, this other disciple, off some of the brothers before the city authorities shouting. These men, listen, they're talking about the disciples. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. These disciples who have turned the world upside down, they went out and they changed their world. And here's the thing, is that the command and call of God has not changed for his followers today. Just like the disciples were called to live on mission, we're called to live on mission. Just like he gave them this great commission of Matthew 28, that's your mission too. Do you see this? Do you see this? Are we following? And wherever you go, guys, you are a missionary. And you are called to change the world. And you know what your greatest place of influence is right now? Your greatest place of influence right now is your high school campus. Because it's this weird season of life where you get thrown into a building with hundreds of other high school students and are forced to interact with each other. For four years, like what? Your greatest place of influence right now is your high school. And so you have, get this. 36 months. See, see, high school is short. It's not actually that long in scope. It seems like eternity right now when you're sitting in chemistry and your brain's just like, eh, right? It seems like eternity, but it's actually short. Get this, 36 months. You're in high school for 36 months out of 960 months of your life if you live to 80. 36 months out of 960. That's short. That's like that. And so this season of high school that you're in is a season of opportunity where you're with all these other people, many of them that don't know Jesus, shoved together, forced to interact face-to-face, and it's like that. Your greatest place of influence 
And Jesus looks at you and he says, you're a missionary to your school. And you're called to go and make an impact there. Do you see it? And uh, this, is, this, is, this is the part I want to get to. Because I want to, that was just kind of preface. But here's what I want to get at. I want to just have a little bit more of a family talk now, okay? Are we family? Ground floor family? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, here we go. A little bit of response. This is good. So here's, here's what I have burning on my heart. As, as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, as we've been worshiping together, as school has started and I'm super excited, um, we just want you to know, Pastor Daniel, myself, our leaders here, this is what we want you guys to know is that as you go and be a missionary to your school, we're on your team. Like, we're for you, okay? Ephesians 4, 12, this is what it says. It says, God gave the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. God says that he gave people like Pastor Daniel to equip you, to empower you, to give you what you need to go and do the work of the ministry and tell people about Jesus. See, Pastor Daniel is not called to change your school. You are. I'm not called to go and reach your school. You are. But we're on your team, and we're, we're partnering with you in this so that you're equipped to go out and preach the gospel so you know about the Holy Spirit, so that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, so that you can go in the power and the love of God and go reach out to these people. And that's why we do, man, that's why we do theme nights, like school spirit night. Go Eagles. Right? It's not, we don't do these events just to have, like, fun as much as we do do them to do fun. That's not the main point. I don't know if you knew that. Like, we love to have fun together. We're a family, and families have fun together. Amen? Come on. And so next week, we're going to have a blast uh, doing these crazy competitions, dumping a bucket of ice water on Mark, Hudsonville winning. It's going to be great, right? But you know what the real reason we do these events for is to create something awesome that you can invite your unsaved friends to so that they can come in, hear a 10-minute evangelistic message, and have an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. It's us partnering with you to reach your school. That's what these events are. So when we're begging you and asking you and drilling it into your head to invite your friends, um, it's because we're trying to partner with you to reach your school. That's what we're doing. Do you get it? And that's why we, we even like, I don't know, how many of you have like campus ministries that you're part of? Claim your campus, buy your incentive, you have something going on. Listen, if you have these things going on, would you like write those down and tell us so that we can help spread the word? I know Byron Center has this uh, night of worship coming up October 5, and we want to we spread the word so that you guys know about these things. Like, we're on your team. We're here for you. Okay? <sighs> Keep breathing. Keep breathing. <clears throat> you are a missionary, and you are called to change your world. And every service that we do, listen, every service that we do is a buildup for you walking out of these doors onto your school campus and tangibly living out this thing that we call Christianity. If you're not living it out, then why are we doing this? Like, it, we're not just this Christian club. Like, no, we're here to equip you and to send you out to do it. You know what the, do you know what the vision statement of Res Life Church in the ground floor is? Here it is, ready? Resurrection Life Church and the ground floor exist to develop totally committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. 
not to hang out in church, but to go reach the world. That's why we're here every week. That's why we're here is to equip you, to send you, because you are a missionary and you can change your world. And tonight, what I'm not talking about is duty. Like, I'm not guilt tripping you. Uh, you thought that was funny. <laughs> She's funny. You got to hang out with this girl. She's hilarious. I'm not talking about doing this because, because the Bible says so and we're, we have to do everything that the Bible says. Like, it's not rules and religion that I'm bringing at you, okay? This is not a guilt trip to go and, like, pray for somebody in your school. No, no, no. It's got to be like, man, God's love has gripped my heart. And because God's love has gripped my heart... I must go reach people for Jesus. It's got to come from that heart and that motive, okay, not duty. I'm also not talking about excitement, okay, because, like, you could be looking at me and you're like, Kendra, you're really excited about this, and I am really excited about this. I'm really passionate about this because I see you guys, and, like, this is why, this is what I live for is, is equipping you guys and sending you out. Like, this is what we love to do, Pastor Daniel and myself. Like, we are really excited about this, but you can't live off our excitement and our passion, it's got to be your own. It's got to be. It's got to be your own. It's got to be real. Because I'll tell you what, people can get really, really excited about a bunch of nothing, and it does nothing. I was at camp uh, a few weeks ago. Who was at camp? Were any of you at camp? Yeah. So I was up at camp. It was a fantastic week. It was like the best week ever. I had 18 girls in my cabin, and they were like team players. Anything that we said, they would just go for it. They would just, like, be all in, right? Put mud on your face. Okay, we're going to put mud on our face. I'm not joking. They were team players. And so we did, this, we did this crudsticle, which was an obstacle course plus crud. It was fantastic, right? And so we're waiting around to do this obstacle course for, like, an hour and a half. And eventually it gets closer to the time when we're going to do this. And I gather, I gather my girls around to get them excited. So that we can go and run and we can win, right? So I gather them around and we had this mantra that we did. And it went like this. We would gather around each other and we go, man, there are winners and there are losers. And we play to win. And they go, yeah. And I go, yeah. And they go, yeah. And I look up and they're all still going, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, and so we're standing in this huddle for like two and a half minutes just going, Aah! and I look up and I go, I don't know what we're yelling about anymore, break, and we go and we run and we get second place, it was awesome, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, listen, we are not here tonight to get you into a giant huddle yelling and going, yeah, we're going to win our schools of Jesus, ah! get super excited and go out tomorrow and do nothing. I'm not talking about excitement unless it's real, unless your passion is real. Leave your hype at home. Hype will not save anybody. You know what will save people? You know what will reach people for Jesus? Is a genuine love from God for people. Romans 12, 9, it says, let love be genuine. Let love be real. Not hype, not excitement, real love. Real love, where you have built a relationship with Jesus and you've been filled with the love of God. And in that filling of his love, you look at the people around you and your heart just burns with love for them as well. That's what will 
move you to be a missionary on your campus. I'm not talking about excitement. I'm talking about real passion for Jesus, real love for people. I'm also not talking about something that's impractical because it's really easy to have a message like this and be like, yeah, this is really like just a big concept. Like we are called to live on mission as followers of Jesus. Like just this big like out there thing. No, I'm talking like really practical tonight, okay? This isn't like some weird concept out in the air that you can't grab hold of. It's, it's practical. Okay, watch this. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes wherever you're at. And as you're sitting there, thinking about this message, thinking about the fact that you have been commissioned by Jesus to go and reach people in your schools, like, think about this a minute. As you think about that, I want you to see in your mind the face of one of your classmates. I pray the Holy Spirit will put somebody specific on your heart right now. I want you to picture their face for a minute. And as you're looking at at this face, at this classmate, or a group of classmates, I want you to like, man, feel the heart of God for that person a minute. Like, don't look at him from your eyes, but for, for, for a second, look at that person through the eyes of Jesus. And feel the heart and the passion and the love of God for them. That person is your mission this year, tomorrow. That's who you're called to reach. You can open your eyes. It's that practical. You'll see them tomorrow. You know, you know who one of those faces was for me when I was in high school? I went to Hudsonville, go Hudsonville, public for the last two years of high school. And uh, one of my friends, she would sit at the special ed table. You guys know, if you're at Hudsonville, you know what I'm talking about. It's still there. You walk into the cafeteria, over by the cafeteria area to, to the right. They sit right there, the table of special ed kids. And so my junior year of high school, uh, me and my friend, we would sit all these mentally handicapped students. And I don't remember all of their names, um, but I do remember one. And his name was Peter. And uh, I remember just a few interactions with Peter over the school year. And it wasn't anything huge. It wasn't anything significant. But I just remember that, like, I would sit at this table every day and I'd ask him, hey, Peter, how's your day going? How's your day going? I would acknowledge him in the hallways. I would smile at him when he looked at me. You know what I mean? Just being Jesus to this young man. That was a face for me. And whether I impacted his life greatly or not, I don't really know. But I know this, that I might have been the only Jesus that Peter ever saw. And that as I, as I was on my high school campus that year, that was, that was the call of God for me. That was the mission of God. I was called to be a missionary to Peter. And you, as you imagine, as you picture those people in your mind, you're called to be a missionary to them. Because what if they don't know the love of God yet? You remember earlier this, this uh, when you guys were still back in school this, this winter, early this year, February or March? Remember uh, Granville High School, Ryan and Alyssa? 
You remember how you, your school was just shook up by, by these students passing away? Remember that? Go back there, thank you. Remember what you were feeling and experiencing? I remember talking to many of you students afterwards, and just the conversations that I would have with you guys, like, it still sticks in my mind because some of you were just so moved by, by the impact these students had and by their passing and the shortness of life. And I just remember hearing some of you guys say, man, I want to live differently now. I want to, to interact with people at my school differently. I want to have a mission as I walk in. I want to love people well. Go back and grab hold of that as you go back into school this year. Don't forget that. I didn't forget that. I know there's a man, a, a young man named Justin Zimmerman who was in high school. Um, he passed away. He took his life this past year, too. And some of you knew his siblings if you were at high, in, in Hudsonville, you know. And I, I remember when I heard that he took his life. That morning, I, I saw it on my phone. And, and even that, like, oh, like I walked the hallways with that man. When I was in high school, you know what I mean? Like, it's this real, guys. It's this practical, real people, real faces that you're called to reach, all right? So I'm not talking impractical. We're talking really practical. And so we're going to do something tonight um, where we're going to pray for each other and send each other out as missionaries into our school. But before we do that, I want to address three things. Three things, right? Number one thing I want to address is fear. Because some of you might be staying, sit, like sitting here in these seats tonight and you say, man, I really want to grab hold of this and run with this into my school. But there's, there's this fear holding me back. There's this insecurity holding me back. And I don't think that I could actually go and build a friendship with this person or talk to this person about Jesus. I can't even pray for my meals as I sit down for lunch. Fear. But here's the thing. God has not given you fear. That is not of God, right? Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is nothing timid about the Holy Spirit in you. And you know, you know what I found is the greatest antidote for fear? 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Man, you know how you overcome fear? Is you grab hold of the revelation that you're loved by God. And you say, God, would you stir this up on the inside of me? And may I be so secure in your love that fear has no place in my life. And Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me up with power and with boldness to go out and be a witness. Right? Let's deal with fear tonight. Let's get rid of that stuff tonight. Second, second thing I want to address is compromise. Because here's the thing. Eyes on me. We're almost done. Eyes on me. Here's the thing. Is that some of you are in here tonight, and you're eight days into high school, and you're already caught up in so much compromise and sin that you have squandered your influence. Squandered your influence. Eight days in. But here's the thing, is that, man, and this is just what I feel in my heart God's saying tonight, is that he's not, he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. And he's still calling you to go and be a light. And he's calling you back and he's saying, son, daughter, get up. Turn away from these worthless things. Come back to my heart. Come back to my love and walk with me. 
Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation. He came to bring redemption. So if that's you tonight, he's calling you to turn around and come back. Third thing, ready? If you're in here tonight and you've never actually made Jesus Lord of your life, we want to give you an opportunity to do that as well. Because there's nothing as fulfilling and as purposed and as, as good as knowing and walking with and having this relationship, this real relationship with a real Jesus. And he's calling for you tonight too. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, I'm going to ask all of my adult leaders to stand up. And I just want you to kind of go off to the sides. You can come up front if you want. If you're a student leader, I want you to stay seated. Seated? Seated? Seated. And here's what we're going to do. In a minute, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into this ministry time where I am going to invite you guys to go and get prayed over by these leaders. Because remember, like I was saying, like, we're on your team. Like, look at your leaders. Look at these men and women who sacrifice their every Wednesday night to come be with you, build relationships with you, and help you follow Jesus. They're here for you. And so we want to pray for you tonight as you go into this school year. Okay, and we're going to pray for a few things. We're going to pray for boldness, for you to go and be a witness, and for you to go and be a missionary in your school. We're going to pray that the love of God would so fill your heart for yourself, but also to go and to love the people around you. And if you're walking in compromise or sin, we just want to lead you back to Jesus, okay? So in a minute, as soon as I pray, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you're ready to, like, for real live this out... If you're ready to go be a missionary and change your world, I'm going to ask you to get up in a minute, walk over to one of these leaders. You might have to wait a minute, but don't worry, it won't be too long. You're going to walk to one of these leaders, introduce yourself if you don't know them, and say, hey, pray for me for this. Pray for me to have boldness to go and be a missionary. Pray for the love of God to come fill my heart, rid me of fear, and, and propel me into my mission. Pray for me to come back to Jesus, to turn away from these worthless things. And if, you, if you've never received Jesus and you want to, go and say, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready to come to the Lord tonight. And they're going to walk you through that. All right? Because we're on your team and we're here to send you out. We believe in you guys. We believe in the power of the Spirit within you. We believe that you are called to reach your school as a missionary, all right? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into this, all right? So Father, thank you for tonight. And Lord, I thank you for every student that's in this room. God, I thank you that they're not here by accident, God, but they're, they're here because you wanted them to be, Father. And I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose on each of their lives. Father, I thank you that you have called them to be a missionary on their school campus, God, and that they can go into this year excited because you have good in store for them, God, because you have impact and influence for them where they walk. And so, Lord, I pray for those faces that came to their mind, Father, that they, those faces would just be burned into their minds, God, as they, as they go into their schools tomorrow, Father, and that they would live on mission. God, we pray for boldness. We pray for your love. We pray, pray just for righteous living, God, that we would live set apart. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.